It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We have a Facebook group as well. We're on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile. And you can email pinballprofile at gmail.com. The world is coming to Fort Myers, Florida. I'm looking forward to it myself. It is the World Championships, the IFPA 17. It's been delayed a little bit. In fact, it was supposed to happen in 2020. We know why, but it's now happening next weekend. Joining us right now from the Pinball Asylum, David Denholtz. Hey, David, how are you? Doing great, Jeff. I talked about the delay, and maybe in some way the delay could help because there's so much planning, so much to do. You're inviting the world. It gives you a little bit more time, but I'm sure you're you're ready to go and, and you're looking forward to this uh, final weekend in May. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were ready in 2020. I think we were uh, ready with the games. We were ready with uh, the planning. And uh, when the thing was delayed, it gave us extra time. But because the games always change, as you know, you know, you're playing 100 different games sitting in this uh, space and, you know, one game is good and then next week it needs a major overhaul. So, you know, the games have changed a little bit, but yeah, we're going to be ready again. Let's go back before this all started. At some point, you saw the pattern that the IFPA does where the World Championship takes place in North America one year and then in Europe the second year, and then you alternate. So, how did the bidding happen for the Pinball Asylum? And when did you know you were going to be hosting IFPA 17? It seemed to all come together kind of by chance. There was a time when uh, Trent Augustine was here and he was visiting and I was just talking to him in general about pinball tournaments and I said, you know, I think it would be cool if we had like a national tournament here. You think we could do it? He was like, you guys could definitely do it. As a matter of fact, you could probably have the worlds here. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, you guys, you guys could do it. You got the games, games play well. And uh, yeah, he said, I think you could do it. A month later, uh, Free Play Florida happened and I happened to see Josh Sharp there and I just walked up to him and said hey Josh I'm David from the pinball style and he said hey I've heard good things about you guys I said yeah we're looking at maybe doing some national tournaments he said what about you guys hosting the worlds I said really I said I was just talking to Trent about that and he said yeah he said we have a little questionnaire we can send you and uh, fill it out and if you meet all the criteria you're a candidate so he sent me the questionnaire. I filled it out, sent it to him, and didn't really, you know, expect we were going to be chosen, but he contacted me a couple weeks later and said, hey, you're in. So it seemed sort of fortuitous, and I don't really know how it happened, but it did. Do you remember some of those things on the questionnaire? Because for me, hosting the World Championship, the obvious thing is you need the games and the space. That's what the Pinball Asylum had. But you also need probably some mode of transportation to get people to the asylum, and therefore large airports and a lot of hotels. That's certainly the case in Fort Myers. You know, we're probably a smaller town than, than most of the other places that have had the worlds, but we are. We do have a great airport here. It's easy to get into and out of, and we're only six miles away. We have, because of that, we have a bunch of hotels. So there's, I think, maybe seven hotels within two miles and a couple of hotels, three, I think, that are within walking distance. Lots of places to eat and get food. And other than that, you know, Fort Myers is kind of not really on the map, except for the fact that we created this place here. 
Well, as you are getting ready to host the World Championships, the IFPA 17 at the Pinball Asylum, your first World Championship tournament, but you've had a world champion play there for many, many years, and that's Eric Stone, and he has to be one of the favorites going into this tournament. Eric has told me a lot about Pinball Asylum, so if it's good enough for Eric, it's probably good enough for the world's best. Well, yeah. I mean, again, that's complete chance. I don't know. I would think that that doesn't have anything to do with why we were chosen. It's just kind of another sort of fortuitous thing that Eric came along and you know, we didn't know who he was when he first got here. He said, oh, yeah, I'm moving into town, and uh, I'm a I'm a great pinball player. Did you say, who's that quiet guy in the corner playing pinball for four <laughs> hours on one game? Did that ever come out of your mouth? No, it was weird because, like I said, somebody saw a bio of him when he first moved to town to be uh, a meteorologist in the local station here. And uh, the last line of the bio was, Eric is also a great pinball player or pinball champion and we talked about it and said we never heard of this guy before who who is he so we just took it upon ourselves to email him and emailed him a couple times he never responded then all of a sudden he responded and he said hey uh, i'd like to come and visit and he came to a tournament and we watched him play and like yeah this guy's uh this guy's something else and uh and he just started hanging out and we all became friends with him and we just kind of watched his early rise because at that point he hadn't really played in a pinball tournament like, I think, over 10 years. So let's talk about the planning. It's not just the World Championship, which takes place on Friday the 27th, also Saturday the 28th, with qualifying, and it wraps up on the Sunday the 29th. You have to get the games ready. You were mentioning you were even doing that right now at the Pinball Asylum, but you're also kind of presenting other opportunities throughout the week, kind of the pre-IFPA events. Yeah, so... This is a great opportunity for especially players that are coming from far away. They get here early, and they want to kind of check out the venue and get some whopper points. So we're starting this Sunday. We're having a two-day match play, Sunday, Monday. It's actually our sixth annual match play. And, of course, this year will be completely different because we have people coming from all over the world. I think we have about 55 players right now and about, I would say, 40-plus are from outside of Florida. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great two-day tournament. Lots of games that are not in IFPA 17 will be featured in the in the match play and some games from uh, IFPA 17. But we're trying to really mix it up. So there's a lot of unusual games that maybe people haven't seen that they're going to get to play in the uh, pre-tournaments. And then Tuesday is a pin golf. We'll have 18 games, 18 holes. And then on Wednesday, we're going to do a, a strikes tournament. So if you're in the Florida area, especially around Fort Myers, and you want to check out Pinball Asylum, this would be a great chance to see the many games there, this world-class facility, and get to play some of the best. So really find out where you stand, and who knows, maybe you're like, hey, I can play with these players, and then you step it up. That's how a lot of people get hooked into this. Yeah, yeah. We have, you know, we have a lot of really good Florida players, as you know, besides Eric Stone, and a lot of those will be present. And they're looking forward to playing with the, the great players from around the world. So it's going to be exciting just to watch. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the pre-tournaments as much as, as much as the World Championship, to be honest with you. If you go on IFPA.com, you'll actually see the list of games used for IFPA 17. And the reason it's unique is because those who aren't familiar with it, if you have been to Pinburg, you always remember, okay, there were banks of four, and there was a modern game, there was a 
maybe a, a classic 90s Bally Williams game, some sort of DMD game. There was a solid state and there was an EM game. Similar at IFPA 17, there are banks of three games, but really it's the older games, and these are games from 1978 and before. There's the mid-games as well, so your solid states, and then, of course, the new games. So every player will have to play in a group of four on these three banks. Was that difficult, or was that always at Pinball Asylum, this wide range and variety of different eras of games? Yeah, I think that's, honestly, I think that's one of our strengths, is that we have such a wide variety of games. Um, You know, the collection at the Asylum is not owned by the Asylum. It's actually the collection of, at this point, I think 11 or 12 different people. Um, A lot of my games are here, but there's another, you know, 10 or 11 people that have at least one or two games here. And, you know, we've always been about having variety, trying to acquire games or bring games in that, you know, we don't see everywhere else, just to kind of change it up and give people something to, you know, look forward to when they come here, play games that they probably haven't played before or maybe never seen before. You mentioned the different owners that have provided the games at the Pinball Asylum. I assume it's always been this case because the Pinball Asylum is actually a nonprofit organization. Yeah, that's correct. We're not really a club. I mean, people call us a club. We're more of, uh, I guess, a co-op or collective. You know, we have a board of directors. We have seven people on our board of directors. Um, We all make decisions about the direction of the organization. And collectors in Florida that know us say, hey, I got an extra game. I don't have a place to put it. Can I leave it at the asylum? And they'll bring it up. And, you know, we'll, as long as it's a working game, we'll maintain it for them. We'll keep it going and we'll put it in tournaments. That's part of the deal when they bring a game to us. They know it's going to get played. And the games don't get played a lot because we're not open like a traditional arcade. We're open probably uh, you know, once a month for our pinball league and then maybe six or seven tournaments a year. This wide range of games. I'm looking at the list again on ifpapinball.com. You can slash ifpa17 slash games. There's all kinds of information, including how the tournament's being played. The list of 64 players from all over the world. We're talking the top two from every country. And then the rest uh, were made up of those that were the highest ranked. You've got a couple of games here. I don't know if I've ever played before. What is Teacher's Pet? This is one of the older games. Ah, good choice there. Teacher's Pet is a game that I always had my eye on because if you go by pin side at all, I don't necessarily go by pin side's uh, rankings, but it's been listed as one of the top one or two best EMs of all time. And I always saw that because I love EMs and always wanted to play one. And then a friend of mine got one about two years ago. I went to his house and played it, and it's a fantastic game. It has two drop targets. You can increase the value of the drop targets by spelling Teacher's Pet. And um, it's a surprising game. It's surprisingly strategic and deep for a game from, I think it's 1966. I believe it's 66 or thereabouts, 65 maybe. Yeah, so it's an unusual game, but uh, I think people that know it really love it. And I'm, I really just acquired this game probably about four or five months ago, and it's just working now after you know months of refurbishing and you know, changing a lot of stuff out. So I'm excited to see people play it. You've got another old game I don't think I've ever seen or played, College Queens. And this is a an EM game with five upper in-lanes. You've got four pop bumpers, and they obviously increase with certain value. But you've got two very targets, and we're talking about the little tiny flippers too. This is going to test them skills because you've got a big gap. You've got very targets that can send the ball back. College Queens. 
College Queens is almost like a cult game here in Florida. One of our favorite players in the state, Jeff Palmer, somehow found this game somewhere. I think he played it at a friend's house, and he became obsessed with it and finally convinced one of our other friends to sell it to him. And he it's one of his favorite games, and then we all started playing it. And then, of course, we all started looking for it. And I think there's about four or five different collectors in Florida that have it, including us. And it's a great game. It's, it's all about the skill shot. And the skill shot changes from ball one to ball five, and you got to get that skill shot. It's 300 points. And there's also a, a lane on the right that allows you to get back into the shooter lane and have another shot at the, at the top lanes where, where you, you're scoring 300 points if you get through the, through the rollover. Cool game. Really cool game. It's interesting because when you go to a lot of tournaments, you don't see many of these older games, or they might just be in classics tournaments. But uh, to be the world champion at IFPA 17, you've got to play every era. So you're going to get your modern game that you're probably used to. You probably had a few plays before on the mid-level games, the solid states. But these older games are really going to be maybe the difference maker. So the defending champ will not be there, in fact, in Johannes Ostenmeyer. He's in school in Germany, so we go back to people like Raymond Davidson, who won two in a row. Of course, Daniele Achari from Italy, and there's so many greats. Who knows who it'll be? I mentioned Eric Stone earlier. you got to think he's going to be one of the favorites, too. Is there someone you're looking at? Well, I find it interesting, you know, being a fan of competitive pinball. You know, everybody looks at Keith Elwin as, you know, the great player that he is. He's won... I think, more majors than anybody, I believe, that still stands. And from what I understand, he's never played in a world championship. He's played in everything else, but I don't think he's ever played in a world. Well, it's been a while, David. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't know if he's played, not 100% sure if he's played outside of America in this tournament. Uh, I don't think, I'm looking at his IFPA right now. I do know he played in Pittsburgh, and Carnegie, at the old Papa facility. Okay. So in 2016, he was there. Okay, interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been a while for the GOAT, the greatest of all time. So Yeah, he definitely hasn't won one because I, I was looking at the poster that Josh sent us the other day, and it has all the winners, and so he's definitely not won one. I still think he's definitely uh, one of those people you look and you go, oh, he could win any tournament. And it doesn't matter. Again, I always hear people say with these older games, you know, they're lucky. You get maybe the right rollover or house balls or it's all luck. Mm, I think if you're playing, and Josh does this all the time, I think if you're playing someone like Keith Elwin 100 times, he's probably going to beat you on that quote-unquote luck box EM more times than not, and maybe by a lot too. So again, the great players. With the older games, it's not so much about the rules. It's really about the pinball skills. So I actually think the opposite. I think the better players shine on the older games. Well, there's certainly more... There's more randomness on the older games. So, you know, if I'm going to play Eric Stone, which I do occasionally, I'll always choose an EM because there's some randomness there. And I might have a chance, probably not, but once in a while, if I'm playing them on an EM, you know what? I can beat them. I mean, not often. <laughs> like you said, maybe two times out of 50, but, you know, that's, and I agree with you. It, it luck box, I don't like that terminology because I think if you play enough on any old game and you're good enough you're going to still come out on top one of the things you will see even if you're not at the ifpa world championships you're going to be able to stream it in fact i had vince reach out to me uh your head commentator if you will uh he was 
asking me some questions, some do's and don'ts, some tips and all that. And I know he's been talking with Carl D'Angelo as well. And uh, that's going to be exciting to see on stream. And the only unfortunate thing is we lost uh, someone that would have been a big, big part of that stream. She was massive to the Florida community, especially Pinball Asylum, uh, when we recently lost Michelle uh, Norma Jennings. I saw on your Facebook, David, I saw a nice tribute you did at a recent league night for Norma, and uh, she's certainly going to be missed. Yeah, she uh, she was not just a good friend. Um, she was uh, she was an integral part of creating the, the broadcast and streaming for the asylum. You know, when we wanted to do this because we knew IFPA 17 was coming up back in, I think, 2018, you know, a lot of people were not willing to put in the, the work to create it from scratch, and I have so wear so many hats here i i couldn't i just couldn't do it i didn't have the time so we were looking for somebody and you know jeff because you do this um it's an enormous amount of work especially when you're creating something from scratch and she came in she said i'm going to do it i said you're going to do it she said i'm going to do it you give me the resources and we're going to make it happen and by golly she put her heart and her soul into it she created it for us our streaming capability helped us get the equipment she knew all the, the people that had the knowledge and she picked their brains and got what we needed uh, so we could get up and running. And, um, yeah, we really we really thought that, you know, even when she was diagnosed, that she was still going to be the person who led the stream and, and led the broadcast for us for IPA 17. But because of the delays with COVID, it just wasn't, it just didn't happen. And um, it's a very sad thing. We did dedicate to her. I believe about a year ago, we dedicated our broadcast booth to her. We produced a really nice plaque, which is you'll see when you come to the asylum, and gave her one as well. And it's the Norma Jennings uh, broadcast booth. And believe me when I tell you this, we, we really miss her, and we will always miss her because uh, she's a unique personality. I don't know, just a terrific person not to be duplicated in this lifetime. So, yeah, it's, it's very sad. Sadly, she is gone, but she will be remembered for years to come because of that dedication, because of her openness, her honesty, her her struggles with cancer, her stream that she did on Tuesday nights, the Pinball and Cancer Two Journeys. Uh, it was fabulous, and and those are now archived that we have forever too. Plus, the personal experiences you had, David, I had with her when it was Free Play Florida or wherever at the Pinball Asylum. You know, there's a, a lot of great memories there. And I had a good conversation with her husband, Jeff, uh, last week, in fact, and uh, going to be a nice service for her in early June that a lot of people are going to be able to uh, see online. And again, what a, what a great legacy that she left for us. And, and we'll see it at Pinball Asylum where you have been there. What is it, 2010, 2011 when that first opened when you decided to create this? Yeah, our first year was 2011, and I think our first uh, tournament, the Asylum, was April in 2011. So, yeah, we're 11 years old. That's not a long time to be in business, if you will, to put on something like this. I mean, there had to be a lot of growth, and, and I know you're there right now. You were teching a few of the games. I guess that's a big thing as well, making sure these are all fine-tuned and, and rubbers and tilt bobs and flippers and strengths and all these kind of things, power issues. I assume and hope, fingers crossed, as I come there, there's a good AC because I'm a, I'm a ginger who might sweat once in a while. But but all these, there's just so many factors with obviously certain protocols and, you know, still coming out of this pandemic, it's not really open to spectators in a confined area as, as we're playing pinball. But 
there's just so much that you've had to put together, you and your team, to get ready for this. And I, I just can't imagine. Um, I know you had the, <laughs> the delay we talked about earlier with two years, but it does seem to creep up on you. And you're like, okay, we've got everything checked off, uh, but something always happens. Yeah. You know, one of our strengths, I think, and I hope this doesn't curse me. I'm knocking on wood on my desk right now. But, you know, one of our strengths is the the games here in general are in, in really good condition. The quality of the guys that we have working on stuff and the, the standard to which everybody here is pretty high. So I'm hoping, hoping I'm not myself, but I'm hoping the games are going to hold up. I mean, that's as a tournament director, and I'm sure you've done it, games have got to hold up. I have full confidence. I know the IFPA does as well, and and so all these players coming from around the world to Fort Myers, Florida for the Pinball Asylum for IFPA 17 and all the pre-festivities. I shall see you soon. Looking forward to this, David, and uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. I love your show, and I appreciate you having me on. Any more of those tips, too, on some of those older games, too, don't, uh, feel free to send me a message. That's fine. I, I'll, I'm sure I'll <laughs> share it with everyone. Don't you worry. Anything you need, Jeff. Anything for you. All right, David. See you soon. Okay. Take care, Jeff. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile. Email pinballprofile at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Teoles. Hey.